Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're so excited to have Dominic Toscanelli as our special guest. Dominic is a father, husband, and friend who's more focused than ever on leaving life's intangibles and tangibles in a better state than he found them. Getting him to this point, his life has been an oft-incautious sequence of learning, growth, and reflection, rinse and repeat. Dominic's higher octane hours are spent specializing in the negotiation and implementation of robust employee benefits, retirement, and risk management programs. In other words, Dominic has a twisted passion for spreadsheets. So Dominic, love your intro. Uh, what We always like to start a podcast by asking, what show, podcast, book, or blog do you like to go to when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking? Um, first of all, yeah, thanks for having me, Carrie and Kelly. Um, the podcast I've been listening to a little bit more regularly um, would be Think Like an Owner um, with Alex Bridgman. Um, it really, you know, he, he states that he seeks out sort of conversations with company owners and investors to learn how to acquire and run small companies. Um, his focus is a lot around, um, search funds, micro private equity, capital, et cetera. But really kind of what I get from those podcasts in the morning, um, is just how to evaluate businesses from a financial standpoint uh looking at balance sheets income statements etc so a lot of the a lot of the boring stuff to most folks but really really interesting to me as it's um uh, so specific to industry and um obviously the COVID 19 wrench thrown into this makes it ever more interesting welcome dominic thank you for joining us so what give me an insight on that's something you learned on how to better evaluate a business from from this podcast. Sure. I mean, um, well, you know, just the, the title itself is, is, you know, thinking like an owner. So whenever I looked at businesses previously and sort of evaluate the industry and especially being in um, uh, insurance, both on the benefits and commercial insurance side, I've found before listening to Alex, it's kind of, you know, you're, you're looking at these businesses from an outsider's perspective, and you make judgments on their performance um, in exactly that way from an outsider's perspective. Mm-hmm. But really, you know, the, his podcast it, it interviews the actual business owners, and you can really kind of 
pull it back and, and see, you know, uh, how they got to these numbers that are on paper, right? What were the decisions that they made and sort of the, the fork in the road that they reached and, you know, what they regretted and, and what they were really passionate about looking back on uh, from an owner's perspective. Oh, interesting. Um, because people don't listen to this podcast, Dominic, for spreadsheets, I'm going to ask you a personal <laughs> question at least i don't think so because if they were <laughs> thoroughly disappointed in our podcast um, i also know you're a relatively new dad and you told me earlier that you listen to a lot of podcasts about being a dad since it's your first time at at fatherhood what are the two top things you learned from your podcast on being a dad Oh man, uh, patience number one. <laughs> I, think, uh-huh. uh, I think that is a top topic uh, for for all new fathers and mothers out there. I mean, I just uh, you know, and, and it's more not so much patience with your child, but more so patience with yourself, right? Um, I'm inherently a perfectionist when I'm working. Um, you know, it's it's all about being thorough, analyzing sort of whatever decisions I make in my professional life, what the outcomes are going to be. And just being a father, you know, you just, you have to let go of all of that. <laughs> I mean, you just mm-hmm. have to embrace the perfect little chaos that you created. Um, and so that would probably be one of the biggest uh, learning curves, so to speak, in, in new fatherhood. And then the other one, and, and my wife really helps me do this because um, I'm not naturally like this, but just living in the moment and just mm-hmm. um, appreciating every little moment you have with them and, you know, every fall and cry and every happy gesture. I mean, just really embracing that um day to day, every day is a new challenge, um, atmosphere that you, that you're in. Yeah. I, I like that your first one was patience. I, when I look back, if there's one thing that I could have more of, it would be patience. And how do I manage through that? How do I not make my son insane with my lack of patience, <laughs> which I've already done. So, <laughs> but I keep trying to keep working <laughs> on it. Uh, and, and you're, I just wrote down when you were talking about it, it's the messy, like, how do you embrace messy? Cause you said, I'm a perfectionist, I'm thorough and having children don't really lead to that. There's they're mm-hmm. not thorough and you've got to flex and change on a dime. So that is, that must stretch you a lot, Dominic. And they don't sure. fit on a spreadsheet, Dominic kids. They don't like <laughs> pivot table a formula in Excel. Yeah, there's there's not many quantitative um, aspects, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, it's just every, every day can be new, right? I mean, they they sleep well. What does that do to the day? You know, you're going to have a, a new kid every day when they're at this sort of six month to one year range. I mean, just over the weekend, I kind of went through the house and just put on all the little cupboard locks on the low cupboards because now he's so interested in not only the cupboard opening and closing, but, oh, wow, there's things inside of here. And that, you know, just for example, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't prepared for it. And now, you know, you just have to pivot and just embrace that, you know, your child's growing and they're way more curious about life than you are. Yes, they are very much more curious. But I was thinking, Dominic, if you could figure out how to quantify them and put them on an Excel spreadsheet, boy, you would, you probably have enough 
billion dollar business. You're like, did here, pivot table becomes this formula. (laughs) And this is how you manage your child. Simple. Exactly. Be a top selling book immediately. Sure would, Dominic. Boy, even Kelly might like an Excel spreadsheet that like predicted behavior like that. (laughs) I'm thinking like that. Um, So thank you, Dominic. Thank you for the, for the podcast of think like an owner. Cause I think that's really good. And then um, your maybe shout out what, what's your favorite dad podcast for those dads out there who listen? Oh man, I think it, it, it wouldn't be a podcast. Can I go off? Oh, absolutely. Um, for sure. Look. Okay. So there was, I'm blanking the name. Um, it's, oh, it's from dude to dad. Um, it's dad. a very, casual good first book and the reason i'm talking about it because i i I usually never do the audiobook route but um i did this one just because preparing for leo my son to get here there was so much to do and so little time so i listened to this book um when i was in that early terrified stage um (laughs) you know and i've recommended it to a lot of i'm in my 30s and you know i have a lot of friends of mine that are starting to have kids or just had them. And so this is the first read that I recommended or listen rather, but um, this uh, guy, what is his name? Chris something. I'll get back to you with the name, but his first name's Chris. But anyways, the, the, the book dude to dad, it really kind of puts things into a calming sort of male logic, uh, if you will, that that really, it just kind of settled me. I mean, just from listening to him and how he approached this this sort of idea of being a father, really made it something that I could relate to in, um, I mean, (laughs) he talks about things like, you know, when, when, when you're watching a football game and, and your wife's pregnant at home and, you know, you've had two beers and you're looking at your watch and you're thinking, well, oh, could I watch the rest of the game? It's time to go home if you're even thinking like that. <laughs> and it just it really kind of turns the, 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 hey, you know, I got marriage down. This is great. But it helps you transition into the fatherhood realm and in a very calming way because this guy's funny. And he puts it in a, in a light where it's, you know, something that you can embrace and kind of feel and you can relate it to your, your single husband, your not single, but your, your uh, childless husband life yeah. and how you're going to transition into being a father. So that is definitely one of the first top recommendations I have for all of my buddies that are going to be dads, just because it sort of lightens up the room a little bit. Um, before you start getting into the the really hairy readings about uh, you know sleep schedules and uh, (laughs) and all all the hardcore stuff yes well I like that because this podcast will drop before Father's Day so anyone who's becoming a father or or a father because you can always learn from dude to dad I like that thank you Dominic What so now let's get into the to the big question. So what is the decision that changed the trajectory of your life and what are some of those charge qualities you used to help you make that decision? Well, wow, trajectory of my life. Um I feel like, you know, being becoming a father was I was already on that trajectory mm-hmm. and was already really excited about it and it wasn't so it wasn't a surprise pregnancy or anything so it didn't really change much on a dime 
I think the moment in my life that changed my trajectory was um, when my dad passed away when I was 19. Mm. Um, I was at the time, you know, I was kind of taking family relationships for granted and just being your standard selfish sort of 18, 19 year old, um, you know, oh, I got all the time in the world. Life's mm -hmm. just going to figure itself out. And I think that forced me to grow up very quickly in that moment, just because of the timing of it, being 19 and sort of being in the middle of college. And, you know, I, I probably could have been performing better in school um, and taking it a little bit more serious and not so focused on social relationships. And that really kind of flipped a switch. Um, and it kind of, it realigned me with, wow, you know, what, what am I going to do in the short term? How am I going to teach myself all the things that I was supposed to be taught by a dad in my twenties? And you know what I mean? You, you really just start yeah. thinking about the fact that you need to grow up a lot faster than your friends around you. Mm -hmm. What um, was it a sudden, if we go back, Dominic, um, and thank you for sharing this very personal, mm -hmm. sure. have personal questions, Dominic. No, uh, no, I like these. What um, was it sudden or were, were you like, okay, he's sick and this is coming or. No, it was, it was an accident. So it was uh, not a car accident, but just, it was sudden, yeah. unexpected. No one sort of saw it coming. So it was more kind of the disbelief uh -huh. the first couple weeks you yeah. know it's that surreal kind of no way this can be true i'm gonna wake up tomorrow and things will yeah. be normal yeah. um to sort of settling into that reality um and it's something i'm someone who likes to take on emotional burdens myself without them being someone else's problem i like mm -hmm. to you know, just internalize them, carry them myself, sort them out, and then just show everyone around me that everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. um, and so that took me years to get over that. <laughs> just kind of feel okay with being not okay. So what, so how, so you said it took you years to kind of be okay with not being okay. What, let's go back to how did you manage through it though when you were college, like the short term part? And did you have this moment? Because you said like I kind of had to grow up and stuff, but were you cognizant of that or how? No, I I wasn't. It was it was something that was just brewing underneath where I just started. Um, you know, it, it kind of took a lot of the joy out of my sales, um, mm -hmm. and so I just slowly kind of found myself being a little bit more serious and less humorous and less sort of uh, buoyant about life and just, you know, uh, slowly without me realizing it, I was being, um, you know, a little harder on myself, but in a way where I was just sort of pushing myself like, hey, you know what, like, no more fun and games, sort of life sucks, get over it, mm -hmm. you got to make something happen, no one's going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. And I know that kind of sounds cliche, but it, it, I, I wasn't telling myself that it's just now looking back on it. I was like, wow, you know, like my, my drive and sort of brain just kind of kicked itself into a gear without me knowing it. And that's yeah. sort of kind of what got me to a point where I'm really happy with my life professionally. 
Yeah. What did you, um, did you get help Dominic? Like, were you talking to people or, or you were like, Nope, I'm going to do this kind of myself. And- My mom wanted me to, and, um, her and I have a really, really close relationship. Um, my parents separated when I was really young, about mm-hmm. two years old. So I never really knew what it was like to have, you know, mom and dad together or, yeah. you know, um, I never saw that. So like my reality and what I benchmarked as normal was a lot different than 90% of my friends. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, naturally my mom and I built a really strong bond, just like I built a strong one with my dad, but it was always just on an individual basis, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. And, you know, it has its pros and cons, obviously, but, you know, I, she was very kind of, super worried and didn't want to press the wrong button, but she was Mm -hmm. always nudging me to talk to someone. Mm -hmm. And it took me about, you know, six years when I was 25, I finally did. So tell, cause I think a lot of people, obviously a lot of people go through, um, grief, Dominic. And Mm -hmm. I was just thinking how, and we always talk about like, Oh, talk to someone and get it out and move through it and feel the emotions. And you're like, yeah, I did six years later, maybe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What was that moment then? six years later that you said, okay, now I'm ready to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So I, I kind of, you know, um, uh, your maturity level at 19 versus yeah. 25 is yeah. <laughs> <just> exponentially <laughs> different, right? You're, you, you don't self-reflect at 19 right. Um, right. as much as you do at 25. And so I kind of just realized that I, I sort of built like a protective shell around mm-hmm. myself that, wasn't allowing me to have more have the sort of genuine uh, feelings driven relationships with people whether it's you know colleagues or friends or uh, you know intimate relationships like I was just kind of closed off and you know just the hardened soldier trucking forward and I just kind of just realized just kind of self-reflecting that that's not who I wanted to be. I didn't mm-hmm. want to be someone that couldn't be penetrated. Um, you know, my armor wasn't, you know, you can't break me kind of thing. I kind of wanted to break myself open a little bit and mm-hmm. feel more. Mm. What, um, how, when you look at the charge qualities of like courage and resilience, what did it take some of those things to, to say, okay, I want to, I want to drop the armor. And what did you have to do and like change about how you approached people and situations and just yourself, I would assume being nicer to yourself, Dominic, but how did you, what did you rely on to get you through some of that? Yeah, you kind of have to let go of regret first and foremost, Mm -hmm. because I would say to anyone that loses a family member, whether it's a grandma or grandpa or, you know, niece, nephew, um, you know, you can't live in this shoulda, woulda, coulda, mm-hmm. end all, be all state, right? So I kind of had to let go of those regrets and just kind of say, you know what, you could have, you know, you, you Dominic, you, you did things the way, the best way you knew how, you didn't have a crystal ball, you had no idea what was coming kind of thing. And just that was the first hurdle for me. Mm. Um And then, you know, just seeking out the right person to kind of talk with. And that was the only time I'd ever really gone to a therapist. Mm -hmm. And it was, I, it took me a long time to find the right guy. 
I yeah. felt I was just at that point in my life, just sort of the dude's dude. And <laughs> I needed to, you know, I didn't want to get all sappy and, and emotional and open up with, with the wrong person or something like that. And so I really kind of just wanted to find the right casual person that I could just sit down with and have like a normal conversation without, you know, going through super intense emotions, because I feel like that would have turned me off from the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, yeah, I would tell anyone that kind of goes through a grieving scenario that, you know, first and foremost, you you just got to get over the fact that you didn't, you know, years ago, you didn't see this coming. So you couldn't have lived your life any differently if you wanted to. Right. And then, um, you know, just, just finding the right person to have those conversations with, um, and go at your pace really helped me. Well, and I think it took you so much courage too. to st- a lot of people won't seek help because they're not going to go to a therapist. And so to be that vulnerable, we talk about that a lot on this podcast, that vulnerability is mm-hmm. yes, to expose yourself to drop that armor. That's really tough. Keeping the armor up actually isn't as courageous. It's dropping it. That is the mm-hmm. very courageous thing to do. Did you feel courageous at the time, Dominic? Or you're like, this is horrible. I don't feel courageous. I No, I was so ready for it. And I felt like it was so long overdue. And I was more focused on the outcome than how I was going to get there. And I just knew it was going to help me out. And then I remember just saying, you know what, I'm not going to hide this from anyone. You know what I mean? So then like my best buddy, when he was like, what are you doing on Friday afternoon? Or, you know, at this time, I just blurted it out and said what I was doing. You know, I had a meeting with this therapist. <laughs> just nice. just wanted to just get over myself really quickly and, you know, rip the bandaid off and not hide it. Yeah, I think. And then that's kind of, and sorry, didn't you cut oh, no. that? But I, I think that's also where you can get the right amount of surprising support from people that you didn't think Yes. would speak up and have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you're never going to get that unless they know what's going on. I, I, we, we just um, recorded a podcast last week, Dominic, and it was all about if you're vulnerable and you tell people, it's amazing how then they go, Oh, me too. Oh, mm-hmm. me too. I actually need some help. And who are you talking to? And how did you do this? Because so many of us put up that armor don't want to say anything. And, and we do so much projection that Dominic looks like he has a great life. So nothing <laughs> happening, right? So we all kind of do that and project onto people sometimes. So when we share and we're vulnerable, it really does um, help others too that, that with their vulnerability. So, totally, it's it's something that you know it's gonna it, it's not gonna hurt you no. to be open about it to people that you trust. You know yeah. what I mean? And but, you know, at, at this point in my life, it, it, you know, I've just. I'm not so worried about what someone else thinks. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? It's like, I know if I, if everybody walked around with a sign draped over them saying, you know, their, their top three issues they've faced yeah. in their life, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, I got, I got so much in common with that person, that person, that person, or, Oh geez, you know, like her, her, her representation on, on social media is not what's on that sign. And so you just have to know that, you know, uh, everybody's got something going on and to lesser or, you know, varying degrees maybe, but um, it's just, it's there. (laughs) There is no perfect. 
I, I really like people instead of just, hi, my name is, you know, Carrie or Dominic or something. It's hi, I'm a child of divorce. I have, I'm estranged from my father and I'm a victim of abuse. Do you know what I mean? And you're like, okay, hi. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you had just said, hi, what's your name? And what's the hardest thing you've ever gone through? You know, (laughs) just get right. You're not going to meet that person's representative anymore. I do. It's what I think, again, the reason Kelly and I love to do this is because we're not talking about HR kind of quote superficial things or spreadsheets. Sorry, Dominic, but we really want to talk about these decisions that change people's lives. Cause like, that's what bonds us. And that's what is memorable. Um, mm-hmm. Before I get to the advice part, Dominic, I want to ask you through grief and, and trauma, our lives do kind of change and you become like, maybe you become a lawyer because you're advocating for people or I become a psychologist because I want to, you know, I understand grief. How do you think maybe because your dad dying early transformed like maybe a, a different path? Like you're like, you know what? I was, I was going to do this for a career, but now I did this or something. Does that make sense? Like because of the death, it really did crystallize. You're like, no, I'm very, I'm much more serious. And I have this career now that if you probably didn't die, I might not have. If that makes sense. Sure. I, I think my answer to that would be I just had more of an overall response into, mm-hmm. you know, just standing on my own two feet and really mm-hmm. taking charge, being responsible for all of the the results in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, whether good or bad. I just said I am going to own all of those, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's it's a consequence or a reward, I did it. Right. I did it. I could have changed something to make the outcome a little different and just accept that you're going to have failure along the way Um, and just know that it's coming. And, you know, now it's like when little bumps happen in the road professionally, now they they don't reverberate through my body and mind as as much as they probably would have. Right. Um, And, you know, I think if, if I trying to answer your question the best I can here. I think one of the things that drove me, so I joined, um, I graduated from San Jose state and I was business finance and, um, you know, one thing, so my dad was a really blue collar worker, just, just sort of, uh, hands on was always building stuff. And he started a roofing and rain gutter business. Right. And I just remember, how cool I thought that was that he started something when I was a kid, you know, and when I applied for um, the entrepreneurial society at San Jose state, which had different courses uh, that were taught by um, venture capitalists in the area and just a really cool sort of hands-on business course. I remember it's sort of what prompted me to what was so attractive about um, entrepreneurial spirit and that kind of thing was looking back on sort of the business that my dad built mm-hmm. at that point in his life. And so I think there was a little bit of drive there to kind of test the waters and see if there was something I wanted to kind of create on my own, yeah. um, which I didn't, you know, start a business out of college that was my own, but, you know, I, I joined a, a startup that was probably a pretty risky early career move but it was um you know it was early and uh you know that kind of uh, 
curbs the risk a little bit. You know, you might as well take some big swings <laughs> early yeah. on in your career. Um, so I hope that kind of answers it. Yeah, totally, totally. So usually we ask people like, what what advice do you have and what actions? And you already talked about, especially during going through grief, let go of that regret, seek someone to talk to. But I'm going to put you on the spot, Dominic. So what would you, in addition to that, what are you going to tell your son about kind of when he, what advice would you give him on getting through kind of grief or traumatic events in his life? Um, probably just writing down what he's feeling and going through, mm-hmm. you know, if, if Leo ever comes to a point in his life where he just has like an overwhelming sense of grief and doesn't know how to, what to do or, or what, you know, what's my next move. It, you're not going to know what the right next move is until you actually know what that little ball of emotion is right. Like you need to pull it apart and just realize, you know, Hey, Leo, this is what you're going to be. You know, this is why you're feeling this way because you have these different sort of emotions and kind of, and label them, right. Label them. So you can acknowledge them is what I would tell him because if everybody, you know, something bad or something good happens to happens to anyone, if you ask them how they're feeling, you know, it's either angry, sad, happy, right. There's just these, overarching sort of umbrella emotions that but you know what what's under that and then you know label those things and sort of uh, then you can back into each one of those right as you can tell i'm very methodical and strategic (laughs) sort of how i go about this stuff but i mean that would be my advice is like understand what that boiling pot of water inside of you is and then you can kind of find the best solution moving forward, or at least attempt to put the right steps in place. Wow. I mean, you could tell Leo to put his thoughts down in Excel and so <laughs> that would be great. But, but I think too, not only is that so, such beautiful advice for anyone, because you do need, if you don't understand how you're feeling, your reactions are not your own. You're just reacting and it, you're reacting like a, like a muscle reacts when it gets hit. Mm-hmm. Not thinking about it, you're not proactive about it. But I think, especially Dominic, for boys who society tells us that's a whole nother podcast, but society tells the boys don't show emotion. The only emotions you can have are kind of angry and and maybe happy. That's about it. Totally. And you can only cry when you watch sports because the Yankees lost or the Rivers <laughs> lost. And that's the only time really you can cry. So I think your work with your son especially because it's a son of how are you feeling? Detangle it. I address it. Understand it is so powerful uh, for boys and being, as you know, I have a a child, a a son as well. And trying to get him to understand why he's feeling that way is incredibly important. That self-awareness. And I know Kelly loves to write things down. I mean, she doesn't write it in Excel um, but <laughs> journals and it's a lot of understanding that emotion and that self-awareness, which is what Kelly and I preach so consistently and is so important. And you can tell that that's one of the reasons we, uh, love talking to Dominic. So Cal, what are you, I know you're writing it down. That's for sure. That's your <laughs> that advice. Always, always. Um, I think what I love most about your story, Dominic, is how much you really took the time to be honest kind of with yourself throughout the whole telling of your story. You know, you didn't try to 
sugarcoat anything. You didn't try to um, manufacture a feeling or response that you didn't honestly go through. And so I think that when it comes to you raising little Leo, who, by the way, looks just exactly like Dominic, um, it's like, it's eerie how, how similar he looks to you. It's crazy. He's the cutest little thing. Um, how much more, to Kiri's point, how much more equipped he will be in the world to handle adversity, challenge, struggle, um, especially because, you know, many are looking for instant gratification and I want to win. And even if I don't win, I want a participation award or whatever it is. That idea that you're able to, based on the experiences you've had, the 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 grief that you've suffered in having lost your father at a really critical age, it makes you that much more of a powerful force for Leo. You take every, I, I, I almost anticipate that you savor every experience you have with him and you make the most of every opportunity to be with him. Would that be mm-hmm. fair? Totally. Every opportunity I can. That's why when you see me golfing during the week, it's never on the weekends. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's during, um, well, while he's with the nanny. And so I can be there and kind of, you know, uh, watch him go through different little things. Like even when he falls on the ground and he starts crying or he feels embarrassed or w- whatever those emotions are in his tiny little 10 month old self. Um, you know, sometimes I just think there that, you know, obviously, I'm not going to be here to cheer him up at every moment, right? Mm-hmm. Like when he's in daycare, he cries and falls, right? So it's mm-hmm. just him and he, he'll he learn this later in life, hopefully, but just getting over himself and just being able to feel those things, right? Whether it's, yeah. it's oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed or sad. And then just what's he going to do next? Is he going to keep crawling forward or is he just going to sit there and cry for an hour? <laughs> you know, lucky for me, he gets over things fairly quickly, right? Um, he bumps his head, sometimes he even laughs. And I think those are great sort of foundational qualities that he has. Mm-hmm. I just hope what he learns from watching me as he grows up is dad can't control everything that happens to him or this family. And it's what did dad do next, right? And that all starts with just getting over yourself and just realizing that, you know, bad stuff's going to happen. Good stuff's going to happen. You know, even when the good stuff happens, think about it. Why Mm -hmm. did it happen? How can it happen again? You know, what did you do? Pat yourself on the back. So just all of these sort of self-awareness qualities that I feel took me a lot longer to learn. uh, I hope that I can sort of show him rather than telling him those things. Well, but the the important thing is that you learn them. Like some people go through an entire life without learning any of that or taking any of that into consideration, right? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you are cognizant enough to say, you know what, this hurt, it was painful. Yes, you waited six years for therapy or to go talk with someone, but you did it. And mm-hmm. it happens at the time in which it happens. If you had gone any sooner, you may not have been invested in it. It may not have been something that would have had the level of significance or impact that you would have wanted and you might have discounted it, but you went Mm -hmm. when it made sense for you. And so that's your journey and everyone has a different journey, um, but that you're able to really sit and methodically think it through, talk it out is such an incredible gift because a lot of people are just simply trying to move from one minute to the next without really feeling in some cases. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you do really take it in you're very um, intentional in the way that you talk with people. It's one of 
the greatest qualities you have is you're very introspective, you're very motivated, you're always looking for a way to make something work. You're one of the most creative people in insurance I know. And so that creativity and that that can-do attitude and the let's take a look is really indicative of the experiences that you've had that have gotten you to this point. So we're just so thrilled that you, number one, took the time to share those that story with us, um, Dominic, and and for being such an amazing role model for your son, but for everyone in your life um, to, you. to really be. Yeah, absolutely. We're so grateful for you. Go ahead. I, I, I think, too, that a lot of new fathers, what they should know is there are so many right answers. <laughs> there are <laughs> so many wrong answers. And that's something that I wish I had a better understanding of uh, years ago in my adolescence. And I hope it's something that I can pass along to Leo, too, is, you know, uh, there's just different paths, right? We don't even call them answers, right or wrong. There's just so many different paths. And what you can do is you can fall back on past experience when you're deciding which way to take, or you can get over yourself and talk to someone you trust and just be open about it, right? And I hope that he is super open with us as parents, as he gets older. Um, and so we're trying to foster that with him at an early age, right? I mean, we don't say the word no, or I mean, you know, sometimes knee jerk we do. We try to say, you know, uh, no, thank you, or mm-hmm. try to use positive reinforcement, like, ah, 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 right? And that's like, don't do that, but it's in a light sort of tone and just kind of make it sort of a, a two way street with him where he doesn't feel like he's just being stuffed into a door each time, like Mm -hmm. go this way, do this, do that. Right. And so I think a lot about that now that I'm a dad too, is, is what are the ways where we can instill confidence um, and let him feel comfortable with who he is and who he's becoming. These are all just things that just race through my mind. And again, even as parents, there's no right or wrong answer for it. And you're just going to show them by doing and also positive reinforcement and just allowing them to be open with themselves from a young age to let him touch things, explore things, even if it's, you know, um, he might knock that over or (laughs) whatever the case is. Um, But I think it's important for parents um, and especially me as a confused 19 year old to just uh, understand that those, those, answers we'll call them or doors uh, you know you can go down them and you can turn around and come back and pick mm-hmm. the pick the other one right there's no other there's no end all be all in life you're you're gonna bounce back oh dominic just one of the many reasons we adore you you just have such a positive spirit and again a willingness to try and maybe make a mistake but you try again and you find an answer, you find a way. And that, that, that can do spirit is obviously one of the things that, you know, makes us, you know, really, you know, appreciate you among other things. So I just, again, everything that you've said, um, is Leo is very lucky. Let's just put it that way to have you for his dad and to be a great role model for him. Thank you so much, Dominic, for, for being a guest on our podcast and for sharing your incredible story. Of course. Anytime. For sure. And if you'd like to connect with Dominic, 
Um, as always, I put this information in the show notes, but uh, you can link in with him at Dominic Toscanelli. Um, again, more of that uh, contact information will be in our show notes. Again, thank you so much, Dominic, for your time and for your, your incredible story today. Thank you both very much for having me. I'm so lucky to get to cross paths with you both uh, socially and professionally. I just love what you guys do and the way you look at the world um, and especially the humor you bring to this mostly mundane world of HR benefits. <laughs> we try and make it exciting, as do you. And spreadsheets. Um, and spreadsheets. The feeling isn't so mutual on the spreadsheet piece, I must admit, but um, everything else you said, yes, love it. Aww. Thank you, Dominic. Great. Thank you both for having me. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abracci Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.